Okay. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship, and it is my honor to be here tonight to share with you from the Word of God, continuing on in the conversations and the dialogues and uh, the Q&As that we are having as it pertains to relationships in the kingdom. Let's open with prayer, and then we're going to get into the one, um, well, this is the single teaching, and then next week I'm going to have another uh, Bible study partner to continue uh, in the dialogue and to even ask questions about what we're talking about right now. Father, I thank you and praise you for tonight, and I thank you for the order of your words and things that come to heart, come to mind, will, and emotions. It is a honor and a privilege to be able to present your word and to be able to sit and rest in your presence to abide in you. I thank you for the anointing that rests upon your words. And I praise you that I listen and then speak, listen and then speak the things that you desire to say to us all, Holy Spirit, to help us to break through into these areas of purity that we have been called to, that we have been graced with. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, what we're doing, I, I'm sure you all are aware of it now, and is I'm going to take this little bit less than an hour, and I know this is going to actually go live on Facebook probably around 7.45 or thereabouts or 8 o'clock at the latest. And um, one of the things, so you may, whenever it is that you happen to hear this, what you're going to be getting into is... Inner con internal conversation with yourself and Holy Spirit, where the word of God is open to you and you're going to be able to search and to discover areas where there is a weakness, where there is a, there might be vulnerability to, to temptation. And it's all because overall, what we're talking about in this particular uh, part of this series in our, in terms of our relationship with God first, which teaches us how to have relationship with ourselves and then garners the best person that we can be or the growing person that we can be in terms of having relationship with others. And so as we've been looking at some of the different things and we've talked about intimacy with God, I think what I want to do is I'm going to go back to the original notes for just a moment. And we have something that we call the points of study. And within those points of study are, uh, I think, some instructions and some things that would, would be really great. So if you're new to us, then you can download the notes from our website, which is www.astoundinglove.org lessons. And you'll be able to find under Kingdom 101. These are pretty much the only notes I've bothered to put up uh, thus far, because I'm still pulling, we're still pulling from what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us in this. And so in these notes, part one is the points of study and what we refer to as kingdom relationship absolutes. And what those are, it defines the word relationship. I'm going to skip around on this because there's just one real point I think that we want to extract from here and, and then go on. But relationship is defined defined as association, connection, affiliation, rapport, bond, liaison, link, and correlation. And all kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. Otherwise, you would not call it kingdom, king's domain. Every relationship is patterned after Jesus. Thus, we are to submit to 
to receive and to be joyous in every relationship that we are given by God. You know, some of the relationship issues or traumas we have sometimes might very well be because it's something that we chose that God did not have anything to do with. And you can definitely make covenant with people that God did not tell you to make covenant with. And you'll find that in the word of God when it talks about Joshua and the Gibeonites. And they made a covenant with them that they really weren't supposed to make. And it wasn't very, it was kind of shady, you know, even in terms of how it all came about. But once he was locked into it, he was locked into it. So, but God did not call for that to take place. So we can, we submit one to another. We receive one from another and we're joyous with, within ourselves and with one another in every relationship that we are given. These are gifts. And if the relationship is not rooted in the king, it is not kingdom. And this includes our relationship with self, which means that when you're talking about yourself, when you're talking to yourself, when you're saying things about you that God did not say, you're out of alignment. I'm out of alignment with the ways of the kingdom of God, because in the kingdom, it is the voice of the king, the words of the king, the will of the king, the ways of the king, the point of view of the king. That is what matters. And if that sounds a bit too autocratic to you, let me just uh, maybe ease your mind a little bit when you realize, but we're talking about the king, creator, possessor of the heavens and the earth that said all things are yours to richly enjoy. And that the Bible says takes pleasure in his people. God does not take pleasure in our misery. He does not take pleasure in... Uh, are being hurt or the danger or any of that. What he takes pleasure in is seeing his kingdom and will done in our lives. He joys at seeing the power of the kingdom being operated through us. He joys at the way that we call on him and uh, engage it with him and really enjoy the relationship with him. And I'm, I would say for myself, I'm at a stage where I'm really learning more to be to be seeking after him more than I used to because I found it a little scary and that was because I did not know him and so what I found the most frightening things about God were things that I had a thoughts I had about him in my head that I cannot find in his word and so the more that those started to get cleaned out of my mind and the more that I started looking into the mirror, into the word of God to see what he's like, the more I can find and, and even listening to him and watching him, how he is in the lives of others, it has caused me to want to be closer to him. And I was really skittish with Jesus, I can tell you. Uh, it's just like, yes, Lord, I love you, Lord. Hi, Lord. Good to see you. I mean, it would be like just awkward. Uh, I think of it kind of like a, a teen you know, a, a, an awkward teenager or, or preteen or whatever it is, finding the object of their affections, but being too shy to speak to them too much other than hi. And you think, wow, what a goober, <laughs> you know, after you, the way you said it, it's like, I, you know, you have more gumption than that, but you're in their presence and you're just like, oh yeah, hi, good to see you. He, he, he. And off you go. And um, I was kind of like that with the Lord, just a little skittish. So I can understand and relate I think to anyone that is possibly thinking, yes, uh, it's easy to talk about intimacy with the Lord, but maybe not as easy to get into that. And so 
it does take getting to know who he is and trusting that he really is who he says he is. Those are partially our choices, but he meets us more than halfway, you know. So at any rate, if the relationship is not rooted in the king, it is not kingdom. And this includes our relationship with self. Uh, I, I also find that from uh, pages 22 and 23 in my book, Kingdom 101, Supernatural Reality of Heaven on Earth. So number 4.4, 4, all kingdom relationships are conformed to the image of Christ. Why is that important? Well, I would say one of the reasons that that is important is because Christ is the pattern that we follow. We're his body. And so therefore things have to go in his body in accordance with the way that the head has established it. And so it conforms to his image. Every relationship we have looks like Christ, looks like the way that Jesus interacted with people on the earth, but even more so the way the spirit of the Christ interacts with us and he engages with us. He loves us. He desires intimacy with us and all of these other aspects to it. So that one, I would say that's point number four. I would take that. I recommend saying to the Holy Spirit, why would you open this up to me and show me? so that I have a greater insight, so that I actually have a revelation of what is being talked about, instead of just nodding my head, nodding my head saying, yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. So uh, that's a freebie. <laughs> this is, all of this is a freebie. Every relationship we have is rooted in love for someone, something, or some desire, or some belief, whether that's a love affair with food, a love affair with electronics, a love affair with other people, with programming, uh, Hollywood. You know, there's so many different things that people find themselves having great affection for. And so, and it get if you have a relationship with it, it's rooted in love. Um, the Bible talks about being rooted in love so that we can grow up into all these different things, into Christ. And, and the Bible is talking about having those roots, having the the origin, we're talking the origin of the relationship, the origin of the affection, and that it should, it, so there's an origin or a root of love for what we have for others, that we have for some things in our lives, things that we treasure, or some desire or some belief. There's a great affection for it. There's a great commitment to it, and uh, it can it can go on. So again, I would go back to him and ask him, can you explain this to me more? What does this really mean? Because I find that the longer I go without coming back and reviewing, the more I personally will also go back and say, refresh me on what you meant when you wrote this down. Because I didn't just write these things down, but these were the things that the Spirit of the Lord said, this is what I want to say. Number six, obedience is a factor in every relationship, whether kingdom or otherwise. And that is so true because obedience is a pattern of behavior. It's a pattern of worship. It's a pattern of lifestyle that was set in place for us by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so our pattern of obedience must align with God's pattern of obedience. And in Yeshua's case, Jesus's case, he said, I only do what I see my father do. And I I hear, or I, you know, I hear, I see, everything has to line up with the way the Father does it, because that's the way the Father wants it done. And so that's how he lived in the earth and taught us to be able to be the same way here. And 
Then the last one, point seven, vital components or expectations of relationship are intercourse or exchange, the talk, talk intimacy, hearing, listening, believing, knowing, giving, receiving, learning and growing, being vulnerable, being transparent. All of these things are components of relationship. Communication is included in that. It's not just, it's two parts. It's talking and listening, but with listening is hearing and hearing from the heart or hearing the heart. And, you know, you've got those, uh, there's more words in there, but the three I like is that, first of all, I have an ear with which I am able to hear and receive into my heart. And also I speak from my heart so that the one that I am engaged in relationship with is able to hear, knowing that if they're tuned into the Holy Spirit, their ear is open, so they're able to receive. But it's an exchange. It's an intercourse. The intimate talk is not all bedroom talk, people. Intimate talk is letting someone in behind the, the barrier that you've erected uh, to keep other people out. And it's that it's lowering that and, and getting rid of the barbed wire fence and all because the shield of faith and the angelic host assigned to us is sufficient to protect us from anything that would try to come in. And so those are things that we have to do. Now, I wanted to review that to get to really what is the second page where it says that there are four areas of relationship to pursue with God. And there's four areas. It's that's a more like not, there are only four areas, but these are, but these four areas um, are recommended to, to pursue relationship or areas of relationship to find out if he's at the helm. And so I want to know what, what is my relationship with God and love? I want to know what my relationship is with God and money forgiveness and time. Which one of these things do I let him in and which ones do I try to keep him out? And then it goes on, it talks about the journaling and stuff. But as I said, I've had the note up there long enough now that if you have an interest in that, then go to the website, www.astoundinglove.org slash lessons, and you'll be able to pull these notes from here. But we're going to go on and I want to um, I want to look at something from the light of that. We're looking at what is my relationship with God and love. Now, we're kind of talking about romance here. We're talking about maybe your um, an intimate relationship you have, um, whether you're married or you are desiring to be married and you think maybe you might have met someone that is worth uh, courting or or. Uh, that you would want to spend time with possibly the rest of your days on the earth. And so you have to look at what is your, how is God going to factor into this? Now, I'm also, we're also talking about um, the assignment against us, against the purity, I should say, of relationship with God. There is always an element, a uh, demonic or a dark element that wants to disrupt what we have. And so we, when I'm asking, 
On the one hand, what is your relationship with God about love and how much of the relationship you have or hope to have with another person is he involved in? Is he, how, how involved in your marriage is he or how involved is he in your courtship or your dating or whatever it is that you happen to do? Because there is an assignment against purity. Now, purity, many people uh, don't have any grid for that at all. Or if you try to ask them to define it, it means virginity to them. And virginity is a part of keeping yourself, uh, you know, keeping yourself pure, but that's not the overall of purity. Um, this, the, this whole thing that is to look at the way that God sees it, purity, according to the word of God is freedom from a foreign mixture. Um, it's purity from things getting mixed in with that which has already been filtered. So water can be pure until you add uh, a certain uh, lemons to it or uh, one of those drink powders. And then your water is no longer pure water or um, the purity of metals. If there's mixtures of things like that, then, then it's not a pure anything. It's not pure gold or it's not pure silver because it has other elements of the earth that are mixed in. Uh, the another definition for purity is cleanness, being free from foulness or dirt, and um, also being free, have, like your garment is fresh and, and free. Another definition, I'm using different items here to do that. Another definition of purity is like linen. Now we know in the tabernacle that white linen is is that sign of purity, and it's one of the uh, the um, articles, one of the the furnishings that was provided for the tabernacle. So the tabernacle of Moses is, is when they were calling for that. And so, so freedom from guilt. This is another definition of purity: freedom from guilt or the defilement of sin. It's innocence as purity of heart and of life. And then it gets to maintaining your chastity, freedom from contamination by illicit sexual connections. And it's freedom from any sinister or improper views or designs, freedom from foreign idioms, from barbarous or improper words or phrases as a purity of style and language. So those are some of the definitions of the word purity. So the Bible, uh, David had asked the question, how can a young man keep his way pure? And he said, by hiding the words of your, uh, your words in my heart, your words have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And you'll find that in Psalm 119. So I believe so. Um, so what is my relationship with God and love? How many areas of my love life, of my seeking, of my courting, of my acceptance of an invitation, where does he fit in the scheme of things? I, I think a lot of people just go to extreme. I just rather not deal with anybody at all. Just stay with God all day. Well, you're not really I don't think you're going to get as many brownie points as you think you might with that. You're not going to get any at all. But the truth is, is that God wants to engage in intimacy with us and then through us. And so deciding that we're going to live a hermit's life and always stay in the house and only be with God and never be with people is not what you were sent here to do. And it's out of order. Yes, there are definitely times of refreshing. Yes, there are definitely times when there's nobody I want to hear but him. And so I come away with him. But then he says, toddle off back to life, you know, back to that other part of your life to where there were other people. 
so that you can release the goodness of the kingdom and you can teach them how to receive it as well. So again, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going back to the question. What is my relationship with God and love as it pertains to trying to keep myself pure or to stay pure in his sight in Mark seven, verse 14, uh, starting with verse 14 and going on to verse, uh, verse 23, it's talking to us about learning to hear and to understand. And I'm not going to go to all of those scriptures right now, but what I wanted to emphasize with this has to do with the fact that he says, you're going to have to pay attention to how you hear and you have to pay attention to what you choose to understand. Because he said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And we're to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. He says, pay attention to what you allow to come out of your mouth and pay attention to the things that you say that originate from the words of others. Because, you know, by these things, we can find it easy to defile ourselves, to uh, to bring about uh, a dirtiness into our lives that was not the intent of God. And so harlotry, this this it's not beyond just a woman, a, a, a female prostitute. It's a, the, the, the definition that I'm really interested in is how intimate I'm asking, how intimate are we with God so that we will not forsake him and worship idols in his place, that we will not run after other gods to serve them, including food and people and things to do, um, that we won't hang with one that's practicing lewdness um, as well as uh, unmarried sex is called fornication um, unlawful commerce or prostitution buying sex from somebody or selling it um, so or any other kind of illicit commerce all those things are whoredoms idolatry is deserting the worship of the true God for the worship of idols and idols can be anything that we choose to allow them to be. It can be anything that you want to make it. And so you have to kind of look at uh, sometimes we make other people our idols. If only he or she would notice me, if they would just call me, if I gave them my phone number, if I could just go to dinner with them, if I could just spend the time with them if, and, or they're very bad for you. Because they question your walk with God as in, why do you have to serve him like that? Why do you have to do this? And why? And they're constantly accusing and wanting to devour you. And you're having to defend your walk. Well, honestly, you don't have to defend your walk. What you can do is invite him or her to come and see. Why don't you start asking God? You know, because I think they feel left out. I think sometimes they feel uh uncomfortable they don't they don't think that they're going to measure up they don't see how there's any room for them because you may have changed so much with your love affair with god they already think you're kind of cheating on on them with him with god but more than that they don't know how to get to him because i think they're stuck in the earth and they're still thinking from an earthly point of view or they're on assignment demonically speaking to knock you off course to be your delilah or delilah to your samson or um, one that entices you away, a serpent to your Eve, whatever it happens to be to say, come away with me. Don't go away with God. Come and get closer to me because, you know, I totally understand you. And I've made a whole world where you can just do what you want to do. And you don't need to be concerned about pleasing some deity. You know, those are some of the kind of things that might try to come against you. 
And the intention is to defile you. It's to stain you. It's to try to make you common to man instead of being seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. It wants to make you unclean and to render you to be profane and to be counted. If you lived in the Old Testament times, you're unclean. You're like a leper. And these are some of the things that a defiling spirit wants to do. But the main one is to make you common, to make you so accessible. And I don't mean that in the way that you're open to speak with people and love people and release to people. But instead, it's more like, yeah, you're like an open door. I, anybody can come in and out of you and, 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 you know, you're like a revolving door. They'll just walk in and disrupt your life and walk on back out. And sometimes we let them because we are not walking in purity. We have been enticed away by lust. We've been enticed away by secret desires, things that it's like, I don't want to give this up, this, whatever the, this is, it's just too good. And it just, I think God will understand. I think it's okay. I don't, I don't think I have to be so um, whatever it is that you don't think that you have to be. Because <clears throat> usually it's a term that's made up like, well, I don't have to be so rigid. I don't have to be so, you know, uh, legalistic. Well, kingdom is not legalistic. It's governmental. It is not legalistic. It is not requiring you to, um, to obey the ways of the world. That's where your legalism, because legalism also accuses you and God does not. Jesus said, I don't accuse you. And so you have to kind of go back again. What is your love relationship with the father and going into him and saying, I, I'm, I need you on another level. I need you. The song is I need you every hour. And um, what I need is to hear your word speaking in my life. I need to hear you. I need to hear how you talk and I need to learn your ways and I need to be able to walk with you in, in those type of things. Because again, this is a spirit of, har of harlotry that wants to taint you, that wants to stain you or me. It wants to get us feeling dirty, feeling Feeling, 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 <laughs> feeling like you can't make it, like you're helpless, like you're too goofball or, you know, dumb to be able to figure it out and all kinds of things. But it's not true. Okay. If you know where and how the blood speaks in your life, you can just like that and just listen. that right there. What am I doing? I'm taking a minute and just listening to hear, Father, what is it that you want to say to me? Father, what kind of assignments come against me? What comes against me to render me impure? What, what is the enticement? What is the thing that I allow to come into my heart or to be in my life that I seem to, I struggle with letting it go or to listening to you. It could be a video game. It could be a car. It could be a person, a fixation, but just to stop, take the time to ask and to listen 
to know where and how the blood of Jesus speaks in my life is, is another slide that I, I use that when I'm teaching on the blood of Jesus. But assignment against my purity. Who, is there anything that has been sent in my life? The Bible, Paul talks about the thorn that was given to him in the flesh. And he says, you know, it was a, a it was an instrument of darkness or it's a, a messenger of Satan that has been sent to buffet me. And that word buffet is, is one that means it's, it's something that's been sent to punch me in, a, in an area where I'm already wounded, to hit me there again. You know, the Bible talks about not uh, being like a dog that returns to its own vomit. I'll tell you one of the things that can hurt you. And, it, and it's, it's where harlotry will work. One of the places where it will work is if you have ever been in, have a pattern, a pattern of failed relationships, a pattern of uh, failed attempts to overcome something, and you keep going around it or keep circling around and you keep coming back to it, you go full circle and here I am again and we're starting anew. But you don't, you haven't taken the lessons, you didn't heal. Maybe that's what it is. You might not have healed from whatever the wound, the original wound. You might have gone into things being like a, a bear with a thorn in its uh, paw or, you know, a wounded animal that screams in terror and just, oh, in pain and agony. And it's very, very mean because it hurts so bad. And the Lord is saying, I want you to give that to me. But you're thinking, Father, I can't because you don't know what I've been through. And honestly, you don't even think of him as father. You say, okay, God, 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 he's always God and never father. Because you're still struggling looking to, to be loved by God, that you've never taken the moment to receive the love that God already has for you. And you're so busy trying to find a father, you know, this here and there, that you don't realize the Bible says that it has been given, I believe it's Romans 8, the spirit of adoption by which we call him Abba, Abba. He's my father. But many of us born from above have not yet received God as father. We'll refer to him as the father. But is he your father? Is he the one that you let in to heal your heart? Because if not, you're going to find that there's this assignment against your purity is doing a pretty, a pretty good job of setting you back, of, of disabling you from connecting to that which is real and true and beautiful. And instead you go through this facade. It could be alcohol. A lot of people drink. They drink wine, beer, this, that hard, hardcore kind of stuff to escape. But the Bible says that God is giving you a way of escape and he didn't say it came out of a false spirit. Why am I talking like this? I don't know. <laughs> I stopped for a moment. I just completely stopped. And in the moment that you saw just a few minutes ago where I just didn't say anything at all, it's like I just wasn't even here. And I'm like, what? Did I fall asleep? What's going on? You know, what, what just happened? And I'm serious, this just happened like within the last five minutes, as you know. But suddenly I just realized that's what happens. Everything comes to a stop. Even the conversation you could be having about relationship with him, it comes to a stop. Because that's when we will choose to listen and let him speak and his voice be the one that takes preeminence over everything. I don't have anything else to say. It's just what he has to say. And I can close my eyes and realize, wow, wow. Not only did you rescue me, 
but you motivate me, Lord, and you change things. Wow. You know, that's what it's like. I just want to come away with you. I just want to revisit the truth that I've been bathed in the blood of Jesus and have been purified by you. And I have the spirit of adoption so I can call you Abba Father and Abba Abba, really, which is Father. And I can sit in your presence and start letting, I think I'm trying to say, letting you show me how I'm loved in the areas where I'm holding on to something, a habit or a person or an idea of a relationship. I'm holding on to what I so desperately think I need so tightly that I've not allowed you to ever show me what you have. That's the question that you're asking or you're exploring. What is my relationship with God and love? What is it that I'm so desperate to have that I'll override all caution to try to make it be so for me? See, because I've lived there, and I'm sure many of you have too, and and I'm not live, but you can still post questions and comments because I'm definitely going to come back and see them. And when Leslie comes to talk with me next week, because she's supposed to be my, I think, my one-on-one, then we can get into, you know, some of this. Or Leslie, you're supposed to ask me questions pertaining to what's going on right now. Okay. I'm, I'm simply saying, and I don't think I'll be that much longer, that the Bible tells us how good he is and how marvelous he is. And, and um, he's the one that keeps us clean. Remember how it said that um, one of the definitions of purity is that you are free. It says that you have freedom from guilt or the defilement of sin and innocence as purity of heart or life. And that means you don't, when you awaken in the morning, there's no one unrelated to you in your bed and you're not in somebody else's. Feeling shamed. Or feeling ashamed after you awakened from a big drunk and you're thinking, what have I done? Or overeating best or uh, spending everything and bankrupting your family or I don't know what it might be. But there are those moments and we don't feel clean. We, we feel very dirty. We feel stupid. We feel guilty. We feel all of those things because the purity has been touched by the filth of the world, by the by the filth of that spirit of whoredom or harlotry. And so we allow ourselves, of course, to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We allow ourselves to walk in the forgiveness that the Father has provided, our Father has provided, because he's like, come to me now and come and talk to me about this. And he'll start to you know, you do, it's like, he'll start to unlock things within you and say, that's what the problem is. May I have it? And you're able to give him these things. And the more we do that, the cleaner we become because his righteousness does a, a really great scrubbing, you know, that thorn in the flesh 
a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me, sent to hit me in the same wound. It's something of the same kind that has been sent into my life to, to, to give me that belief like Charlie Brown and Lucy and the football. And every single time he has experience that she's going to take it away and she's not going to let him kick it. But he just keeps on being game to that. And he keeps on trying and he keeps on landing on his back. Why? Because he would not learn the lesson and move on. He had to pick. I, I know people that have chosen the very same type of person, the same woman, the same man, over and over, different skin tones, different names, sometimes even different countries of origin. And yet... It's that same familiar spirit because you're ever hopeful this time you're going to make it work. This time it's going to happen. And yet you're returning to the vomit. You're not walking in the purity. So no, it's not going to work at all. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt bad too. Sometimes you got to realize that any assignment that is sent against you. It's the ultimate goal. Like Delilah, let's go back, pull it full as we pull it tight and bring it to a close. Delilah had an objective. And I, I think I talked about this recently on another program, but her objective was to get paid to do what she wanted to do because I think she was really over always being at the beck and call of the Philistines. Maybe not. But Samson to her was a goal. I take care of you, I get paid. So there was no love there. I mean, she had a love for the money she was going to get and maybe possibly an affection for him too, but not enough to tell him, hey, I've been sent to bring about your destruction, so you need to decide what it is that you're going to do. No, no, no. Instead, it's like, hurry up, dude, and give me the information I want. I need intel from you so I can get paid. And he had had all these experiences where he would not allow himself to be tempered or tamed and he told her all his heart see she had learned how to hear and to pull and to really suck him dry let me let me give you a hint about love the bible says in first corinthians 13 it suffers long it's patient it's kind and, and it, it's all the attributes of, of of who jesus is but one of the things it doesn't say is i want you to love me and only me and you can never love anybody else did you know that when you are in a relationship that god did not sanction that the other person will want everything from you they'll be like a a, a bat or a blood-sucking leech trying to completely take every bit of your vitality your life they will want your time they will want your attention they will want your money they will want your conversation they will want your contacts they want everything you've got the only thing they don't want is you because once they've gotten everything from you, you have no further use to them. And off you go back onto the trash heap. And yes, I've been treated that way myself. So, yeah, I, I understand it. I But I learned the lesson. I, I think it hurt so bad. I just didn't want to do it. I, and I, I the lesson is not, oh, no, I have nothing else to do with those kind of people. No, the lesson is I've been wounded in this area and I'm, uh, I'm going to go to the Lord and let him heal me. And then the next part of it is, what I thought I needed from that type of relationship is not what I needed at all. You allow the need to be met by God so that when the temptation comes again, it's not tempting to you because you're already satisfied. 
You see, that's the lesson that we learn. If I still need to validate myself, if I still need to be proven right, if I still need to show the ex of whoever's in my life, bots, you know, of my life, that see somebody wanted me, then I haven't learned the lesson. And um, God is not in it. You know, that's, that's kind of how that works. Now, I must be... I'm speaking to somebody, I'm speaking to quite a few people, most likely, but I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm not looking through any kind of glass to, to see what's up with people and, and, and to get on you about it. I'm just saying some of you are still pursuing, still going after the thing that hurt you or sidelined you or smacked you in the face or whatever it was, and you're doing it, uh, you think, with the sanction of God, but you're deceived. He didn't call, he, he didn't give it to you. He didn't call you to it. He's not in it. It's, it's really that simple. And if you think I'm wrong or how dare I say things like that, um, because I love you, I dare to say it. And I'm saying it because it's in my heart to say, this is not what I had planned to talk about. I didn't plan to talk about this anymore, more than I planned to give you a moment of silence where I just went off on a thought. That's still freaking me out a little bit there. But there you go. It's like everything just changed suddenly. Even in this, uh, we've only been together about 40 minutes. But it, within this 40 minutes, everything just suddenly shifted for me. And so I'm, I'm speaking on a topic that I'm speaking at this part of a topic to give release warnings. Warnings are instructions on how to get out of something you don't need to be in you let the word of god the blood of jesus the, and call for the spirit of truth to make himself known if this is really you holy spirit then it can be tested and i'll come away knowing that i have heaven's approval but heaven's approval is on what heaven has assigned not on what we go out and pick <laughs> that even has to do with the ways we choose cars or uh, uh, different aspects of our lives. I don't think that you, I think that it's less about you going and finding something and then saying to God, is it okay for me to have this? I think it's a whole lot less of that and a whole lot more of him saying, this is the way that I have for you to go walk in it. I'm going to lead you and guide you. I'll guide you with my eye and I'll show you what I have for you because I have wonderful things that have been set aside for you. And I wonder sometimes, how many of us ever find the treasures that he has for us? And how many of us just settle for whatever we can find? So answer that question. Riddle me this. Tell me this. You know, um, those are some of the things that in our relationship with God, where am I with that? How important is it to me to be pure according to God's definition? Because I could say I'm pure because I keep chaste because I don't, I, I don't get myself involved in sexual liaisons with strange men or men that I know for that matter. You know, I keep myself that way. So good. But what about with sugar-free candy or uh, keto ice cream, which are, you know, two foods that sometimes I would act like, I'd act like, you know, everything else went out of style. Give me keto coconut cake, keto ice cream, and bacon. <laughs> I could act a fool. 
I really could. But I'm not to have any gods before him. Now, no, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But there was something wrong with me wanting it so much. I would override anything and everything else. And sometimes I would act like I was just completely out of control, which meant that there were some areas in my life that were still unsubmitted that I just didn't know about. And so I spend time on this chair here that you see in the background um, that I'm sitting on. And I spend time here and I'll close my eyes and start thinking. It's like, let me give you a moment of silence. Sometimes I hear myself snoring uh, <laughs> and I wake myself up with that. Uh, it's like, well, how did I just go to sleep? Just suddenly, just what was that about? But I'll wake up refreshed and think, wow, I think I know the answer. Because I'm still, this was the answer. You're still prone to idolatry. You're still prone to being willing to let something else serve as God in case he doesn't come through. Then you can treat food or you can treat spending or you can treat being in the company of other people. You can spend anything that you want to, you know, and, and, and spend more time with it and spend more of your resources on it than you can to come away with the Lord. It's like, I want to escape back to the vice. I don't want to hear what he has to say about it. Well, you know then that that's the spirit of darkness that's enticing you away. There's harlotry working away. It's whoredoms. Or remember that definition of whoredom or um, a harlot? Um, one who forsakes the true God and worships idols. So anybody can be guilty of harlotry. You don't have to be standing on a street corner or being pimped out. Um, you're being pimped. But it, it's not uh, for any prophet that you will ever see. Forsaking the true God and having other gods before him. What comes first in your life? How, how often does God rate number one? It's like, oh, let me think about it. Oh, I don't know what I, you know, all of those kind of things. So I, I think I pretty much said everything I, I, I'm going to say tonight. I'm talking again about an assignment against uh it's a harlot type of spirit that wants to derail us and get us away from walking in the purity of mind and heart and life sometimes you think well god it's just not fair because i really 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 like this person i like the way he looks he looks like he'd be capable of being very highly satisfactory to me you know after hours once i marry him i think he's going to be great oh god can't you just look at him look at him it's just it's got to be and women men say the same things about women but i just want to let you know it's it's on both sides he just looks like he'd be such a great provider i like his car he spends good money on me and I can wrap him around my finger. All I got to do is look a little alluring, look sexy, and he'll do whatever I want him to do. Or he says, all I got is flex my muscle. And that girl is like, you know, she's just right pliable in my uh, hands. Problem is, is that it's not me that that person wants at that point. It's what I have. And he wants to drain me dry. And fill me with venom. That's the problem. Because the problem is that they're not assigned by God. They actually don't want you. They just want everything that God has given to you. And they want to, in, you know, you end up trashy. How many times do you have to be thrown away? 
before you will allow yourself to believe the value that the father has. You see, a lot of this is choices. It's not how other people have treated us. It's been how we have treated ourselves, how we have treated God, actually, and therefore have mistreated ourselves because I have not valued him. Well, of course, I'm not going to value me. I, I may put myself first, but it didn't, it wasn't out of value or honor or obedience. It was slavery and bondage and darkness. That's what it was. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think that I've probably said everything that I really need to say tonight. And I think that this is good to have questions to let's go deeper into this. You know, if you're a minister that's in training, I would want you to go in depth with this without all the fluff. You know, it's, it's people want to be very religious when we talk about stuff like this. It's like, yeah, it's like that. But, you know, the Lord has this, that, and the other. It's like, how broken? How, how, how? Why would you find it necessary to create a wall to put yourself behind once the door to freedom has been opened for you to finally come out of the false life that you fled? Why would you want to, you know, put yourself back in? It's my prayer for us, all of us, that all of these shells, hard shells of life that we have walked in get cracked cracked and that we get so shaken everything that is not God is shaken until only that which is him remains so that all the impurities are removed from our lives and the only thing that remains is the pure gold I want to ask you know you know I want to ask you to consider allowing him to bring you to the place of you being real and I don't mean real like you think it's real, but I mean the kingdom reality of your life where the power will start to come forth and it'll come forth the way he desires it to do. Reality is desiring the king's thing so much, him to be, to have the joy for, for the will of God to be made known in your life to the degree that others are looking at you and asking you about him because you radiate him without trying it's allowing the jealousies and the competition and the insecurities to finally be washed away because those are aspects of harlotry it's a worship of self it's a idolizing of a of a status or a, a, a way that we think that we should look so that you know others will will see us and and you don't it's it's like you're already of value in the kingdom without trying to be a somebody you know insert your first open quotation your name close quote i've got to be lunzine lee no i really i am lunzine lee i don't have to be in that sense of like make my life a business a brand I must be, you know, uh, you, you know, you've got to, when you see me, you have to, and a whole lot of things that uh, I don't need to say, because really when you see me, too much of me, maybe it's because there's not enough Jesus showing. Maybe it's something different. I don't know. I'm not, um, I'm really not sure. 
I, I'm simply saying the words that are in my heart to say. I don't have a script. I don't have notes. Really, I just, I had the scriptures that I gave you, and then I just let him talk. So we are finished talking for tonight, I think. Um, I want to say thank you. You see the offering information has been scrolling down beneath for the Wednesday night people. I'm counting on you all to participate and engage. Most of all, to look in the mirror of his word and see his reflection looking back and to allow yourself to be changed. Father, I praise you and I thank you tonight for this word that can shake us to the core of our being and bring forth the truth. I praise you for the men and women, the young and, and the older, uh, being able to hear what it is you are saying. Let us have ears to hear and take the time to do it. Praise you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I pray for these precious, precious people. Look at how beautiful your sons and daughters are. Lord, I thank you so much for the, the people of astounding love and for the people of uh, loving unity in all of the different areas where I am so blessed to meet and to get to know and to engage in life with, with all these different women and men of God or men and women of God, people of God. And I pray for healing and wholeness and breakthroughs and perfection of you being made known into all of our lives. Thank you so much for what you do for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. So thank you all. Uh, this was the one-on-one -on -one kind of thing, or not, I'm sorry, the one of me only talking. And then next week, Leslie Choi will be with me. She's one of my co-hosts on Divinely Designed. And she's going to be with me next week, I believe, to do the, uh, the Bible study. We're going to talk. She's going to pull from what's being said tonight. And then we're going to take it and go and see what happens with it. And then um, the week after that, uh, we are going to go live with some of the ministers from Astounding Love and and do a bit of a roundtable. And, and we're going to see some different things transpire that way as well. And the offerings you know about, you know, on our Sundays where we are, uh, the church, our church members that we meet, uh, they're on Zoom or at Apostle Baker's house. Uh, at the parsonage and we have our corporate governmental gathering so those are the things that we're doing we're at Wednesday so we're coming to the end of the ministry week as you know it other than the things that you see online I do love you much I'm sorry I can't see questions or comments right now but I will check in later on to see what's going on I mean you know to see what it is that you all have to say so um, on behalf of our apostle, Dr. Baker, Jay Baker, and all of the ministers and uh, my own household, I bless you with the love of God. Um, I guess for announcements, I could tell you that um, there is for our ministry, you have the opportunity to go to uh, the Loving Unity Conference that is taking place in um Pomona on June 2nd through the 4th. It's called The Convergence. And uh, for information, you can go to the website. And our Apostle Dr. Baker is one of the senior counsel. 
uh, um, for the loving unity and um, along with all the other apostles, my Papa Eddie Maestas and some of the, and all the other wonderful men and women. So I've just name dropped two and all the others. I love you so much. And I, you know, I'm mentioning all of these people that I respect and honor. And so uh, this would be a great one to come to. They'll also be airing it online, I'm sure. But if you're interested, you have to go to the website to register and then more information will be given as soon as they have it. And so there's that. Uh, we also have uh, some trainings and some other stuff to take uh, that's going to take place. But this is the one that all of the body is are, is invited to attend. So uh, that gives you that information. Um, I'll pause with that and just come back to what I said before. Spend the time with the Lord. What are you holding on to that you love more than him? What's messing up your love life, really? Who are you holding on to? Who are you pursuing? Who are you trying to get with that you don't need to be getting with? Or what are you trying to get with? You know, what are you doing that has you a little distracted? What are you doing that has you a little worried? What are you doing that has you being pulled? What are you being set up to fall for? If you don't know, you need to ask. What is the entrapment? Is it food? Is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it a, is it a business deal? Are there any assignments against me right now that I need to know about? And he'll tell you what you need to know, or he'll tell so he'll tell you through someone that you need to hear, and he'll let you know who that is. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray that this has been an amazing night for you. Um, I'm Pastor Lansing Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. I love you tremendously, astoundingly, and wonderfully. And I'll see you guys next week with my special one-on-one -on -one Bible study discipleship partner, Leslie Choi. Good night, everybody. I love you.